This is exactly right. If you're a fan of meticulously crafted worlds that reimagine every little detail, then you'll enjoy the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Host Eric Malinsky spent over a decade working in public radio and uses those skills to create a sound-rich podcast that features interviews with Andy Weir, who wrote The Martian, the writers of hit TV shows like Star Trek Strange New Worlds, designers of games like Magic the Gathering, and the puppeteer who designed Miss Piggy. You can find Imaginary Worlds wherever you're listening to this podcast. to a bonus episode of I Saw What You Did. My name is Millie DeCherico. I'm Danielle Henderson. And uh, yes, we are bonusing with you today. I am so excited for Halloween. Are you? Me too. I just love this time of year. Even though I am recovering from a cold, I usually do get a seasonal cold around this time of year when the weather shifts violently from like 80 to 40. And I also should say up top that I have finally decided to allow a man to come back in this house and do some work. I found Mm -hmm. the perfect handyman. Um, The reason I chose him is that he runs his business with his wife. And I was like, cool, if you can work with women and talk to women, then you're probably going to be fine. And he's great. So just in case you hear any banging or sawing or anything, because I I have to have that ceiling tile fixed in um, my great room upstairs because if another squirrel drops into this house this winter, (gasps) I'm locking the door and walking away. Dude, you don't even want to know. You just don't, you simply don't want to know about what I'm dealing with right now. Maybe I'll talk about it in an upcoming episode. Who knows? Yes. But it, it, it remind those, this thing for me has reminded me of you about the, the trajectory of animals that have been on your property. Remember the woodchucks? <laughs> I was like, remember the fucking woodchucks from back in the day? Oh yeah, the ground the groundhogs are still around. They just don't oh, the live here anymore. Did I say woodchucks? So, yeah, but they're they're still around. Like I still see them tottering around the yard. They just don't live here anymore. But you have bats, you had bees, you had fucking oh my, yellow jackets, squirrels. Yeah, yellow jackets. Yeah, it's a fucking plague in here. It's a, like a nonstop fucking exciting, rollicking tour of nature in this fucking house. I know. And then you have to pay people to come and literally just like drill metal plates in on top of all the holes. Literally. And and that tile, it's like a big ceiling tile. And the, the, the ceiling, it's like a 20 foot ceiling. And so there's no, he had to rent a ladder that was tall enough to reach it because there's no ladder that would reach up. Like I couldn't do it on my own. I tried. Yeah. Um, and he also, I'm like, well, while you have that ladder here, and you're popping that tile in place and like fixing it so that nothing can, I mean, they'll still be living in the ceiling, but they just can't get into my living space in the house. Correct, correct. Um, but I'm like, can you also change the light bulb? Because here's what's also cool about this house and the dumb decisions that people made before I moved <laughs> in. There's a light in the staircase, like an overhead light that hangs down. But because it's a 20 foot ceiling, I can't reach the light to change the bulb. And after two years of living here, the bulb finally burnt out oh, yeah. a couple of months ago. And I had to get a motion sensor light to put on the wall so I can go upstairs at night without breaking my ass because I literally cannot reach the fucking light bulb to change it. Yeah. So he's like, he was laughing his ass off. And I'm like, can you also change, can I just pay you to change this fucking light bulb like a dork? Yeah. And I'll tell you right now, I mean, I don't know if you've tried this technique 
you know, they make these tools that you can buy at like, you know, a home improvement store that are basically these like giant extension poles that only change light bulbs. Yeah, I have one of those. The reason it doesn't work in this particular light is because when I put it over the bulb casing and turn it, it spins the entire fucking fixture. Yeah, I know. So like, it's, unless that thing is bolted to the wall, those things ain't going to work. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's it's definitely like a bad Shark Tank invention that somehow made it to the the public consciousness. But my mom, my mom uses those. And the reason why I don't like them anymore is because she uses those to get mangoes off of her <laughs> mango tree. And every time there's like, she she uses this like light bulb thing. She goes up in the tree and then she twists it. And then the mangoes just like fall down on top of people. <laughs> and like, so when her friends and her in the backyard, she pulls out the light bulb extender. And then like, you see like, three Filipina women running. Like, and there's like in their 70s, by the way, running from falling mangoes because they, like, can't just get one, apparently, mm-hmm. like, off the... Well, it it's like, whole it's branch, imprecise. It's imprecise, is what I'm saying. They're, like, scatter. Like, let's just fucking run so we don't get a brain hemorrhage from right. trying to eat these delicious mangoes. Right, and that's why I'm like, I don't like those things because they're in, they're not precise, you know... Thing light bulbs could fall on you. I mean, it, a mango is one thing. A light bulb that can create shards. No, <laughs> no, thank so. you. And it, it works for like other bulbs in my house. Like I have these um, recessed lights that it works great for those because the bulb is like right, right there in the open. You can just twist it and turn it out. But like yeah. if that fixture is on a chain, it shan't work. It. I was trying. Yeah. I was like, I'm like MacGyver in here. Like, this, yeah. it's kind of funny to have a handyman here because I'm like, well, here's what I tried to do on my own. And he's like, yeah, that did not work out for you, did it? And I'm like, no, it did not. No, it did not. I know. Um, I can admit defeat, but yes. he's great. He's fucking dope. And he already fixed like seven things in my house that the old contractor left that were driving me crazy. That's amazing. Well, I'm really, really happy for you. I mean, I'm, I know you're prepping for the winter. Um, oh, yeah. And so it's good to have somebody come in here and just kind of like tidy everything up. Get them squirrels out of your lock life. Lock it down. Lock it yes. down. Okay, so our mailbag... Okay, first of all, our mailbag is so great this this week. I cannot fucking wait to play these audios! These audio clips! I this know. is the best decision we ever made. We've been getting some really great audio clips from you guys. Thank you so much for, for talking to us. Um, and a lot of you have really nice voices. I know. Like very nice dulcet tone, like radio voices. And they're funny. Yeah. Like, and and maybe we should be, you know, encouraging people to send audio versus written. Because sometimes the written word, you know, tone is 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 hard to is hard to understand sometimes. But in a in a voice message, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, they sound great. <laughs> I agree. But also do what you gotta do. Some people don't like to talk on the phone. Some people don't like a voice recording. I totally get it, but Yes, we love I, them. I get that too, but I'm just saying. I think it's fu- I think it's fun to hear people's voices, and uh, maybe I'd be less offended by some of the emails if somebody would just say the email. I will counter that with yes, I agree, and also um, thank you for buying merch. Uh, we we <laughs> asked in our last bonus episode for you to you know support us in some way if you could, and a lot of you listened and and were able to jump in and buy some stuff, which we are so grateful for. And thank you also to everyone who has <laughs> bought merch over the years. It does matter to us. It means a lot. But um, if you don't like our merch and you're not buying it, you don't have to write us an email to say that. You can just continue to not buy our merch. Wait. Okay. 
<laughs> First of all, I did like, not read like, the, that email that said yeah, that. Oh, more than one. But a voicemail is not going to change the tone of that for me. I see. I see. Okay. <laughs> like, uh, just, I, that's you something you I keep that to know. yourself. Like, we, we know you don't like it because you're not buying it. You don't have to send an email detailing why you're not buying our <laughs> I will say this, though. The lovely Erin Brown from Exactly Right Media, who we love, she actually gave us the numbers and told us that we actually had an uptick in merch purchases after Danielle yelled at everybody for not <laughs> buying our merch. So... <laughs> I promise not to scold you again. But people keep asking, like, how do we support you? We know you're both unemployed. And I'm like, you can buy our books or you can buy things to support us directly. I'm just saying, if that's your thing. You can just keep listening. You can leave a review if you don't have any money at all, which I totally understand. You can leave us a nice review, a five star. Throw it. There are ways to support us. I'm just saying. Yes. And if Jeff Bezos is listening and he wants to like throw me money in my Venmo, I'll give you that. Crack off a Venmo, Bezos. What's your fucking problem? (laughs) Be a goddamn hero. Only him, by the way. I don't suggest anybody Venmo me money except for the richest man on the planet. So there we go. Imagine if you were him. And you just started randomly Venmoing people like $9,000. I, I would, P.S. Like, yeah. that is truly what I would do if I was of his wealth, even half of his wealth. Absolutely. I'd be like, this is too much money to fucking fuck with. I'm going to just start indiscriminately Venmoing random people. Yes. You know? And, I would and, hop on fucking donors choose and fund every classroom. Yeah. Like, no questions asked. Like, oh, you need markers? Here's markers for the rest of your fucking life. Yeah. I, I listen, I had a conversation with my two friends, Ben and Bill, the other day, and they were <laughs> talking about the Powerball. They're playing the Powerball here in Georgia. <laughs> and they were both like, oh, yeah, we are going to, you know, take some of the money and we're going to give, like, I think they said the number was like $13,500, which is like right under the threshold for people having to claim it on their taxes or something like that. Yeah. And they were like, we're going to send like a hundred people that we know $13,500 or whatever that total was. So that, cause what are we going to do with it? We're just sitting here. We're two gay men. We don't have kids. We're, you know, in our fifties. Like we don't need all this money. I also love that they're planning on winning the Powerball. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, (laughs) got a plan in the event of, I know it's like not going to happen, but if it does, you have a plan. I, <laughs> Rosie I O'Donnell that. used to do that. She used to send people like $9,999 because it's right under that threshold of yeah. tax. And yeah. she would just donate exactly that much. And I'm like, that's a real G fucking move. So crack us off. Bezos only. Crack us yes. off a tax-free <laughs> donation anytime you want. Everyone I mean, he, he could have literally given out like COVID relief on his own. Like... The man could fund entire nations. Yes. But the man could fucking fund entire nations. He could cure poverty. He could cure homelessness. Like, crack off some of those fucking bills, dude. And you'd still... Here's the thing about how rich this man is. He could do all of that. All of it. End American homelessness. End poverty. End fucking all of these... Like, fund COVID relief. Like, do all of this. And he would still be the richest fucking person on the planet. Yeah, I know. It's not like he would do all that and be like, well, now I'm broke. I need you to crack me off some fucking bills. It's like, no, I donated that amount of money and maybe it's $2 billion. Yeah. And 
or more. I'm sure it's more, but like I still have a hundred billion dollars. <laughs> like my yeah. lifestyle isn't interrupted at all. Yeah, it's kind of stupid how much money he has, but I'm just saying if I was in his shoes, I would be like throwing thousand dollar bills at random people. You'd be like uh, Jack Nicholson in Batman. Just yeah. rolling down a fucking parade float throwing money out. <laughs> oh yeah, the Joker <laughs> the money Joker. parade. Um we Speaking will get a money parade. <laughs> yeah. The subject of our first email is what movies can you be too old for? Hi, ladies. I adore you both so much. I was chatting with my husband the other day and made a random Zoolander reference, as I sometimes do. My husband has never seen it, but I told him it is too late for him to see it now. It had to be seen before age 14 to 15 to truly appreciate the silliness, and seeing it as a 34-year-old would not be worth his time. What other movies do you feel hit the same criteria? I'm not talking children's movies as much, but more like comedies that have an extra nostalgia factor that would not work seeing it later in life. Can't wait to hear your answers. Amanda, she, her pronouns. Mm. It's a great question, Amanda. And I'm glad that you fucking took your husband to task for his, for his lackadaisical attitude towards seeing Zoolander when it was appropriate. Yeah. I, hmm. First of all, this is really interesting because the other day I was in my class that I teach, my film class I teach, and one of the students came up to me and said, "Uh, so I followed you on Letterboxd and I noticed that you gave MacGruber five stars and called it a masterpiece. Oh, no. And I was like, yes, I did. And I, and I, and I... Believe in it. I doubled down on it, basically. To this <laughs> he was like, he was just like, was like, I wanted to ask you why you did that. And I was like, because I truly believe that. And then in the moment, I was like, yeah, I am like a middle-aged woman who is defending, you know, upper-decker jokes and things of that nature, I suppose. But, yeah, in that moment, I was like, yeah, what is the threshold for being too old to appreciate a movie or something? Yeah, I've you got know, a couple that I know I'm too old for that I haven't seen. One I've, I've talked about in the podcast before, but I've never seen Repo Man, and I never will because I'm 46 years old now. And I think that you had to see that movie when you were like a jaded teenager to appreciate it. I just don't think it would hit the same for me now. And even the references and the jokes about it, like I probably would, I would get, but it just wouldn't hit the same. Um, as my friends who used to quote it all the time when we were kids. Yeah. And I think I also recently mentioned So I Married an Axe Murderer, which I feel like I've recommended to my um, my nephew who's 26. And he was like, yeah, it was all right. And I'm like, that wasn't the funniest movie you've ever fucking seen? And he was like, absolutely not. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, I guess you had to see that again, like at a time when you were starving for pop cultural references and people who got it. And you were like needing to have those in jokes with people. So, yeah, I think those those kinds of movies, I agree with Amanda, like you can't really see them now. I mean, you can, but I just don't think it hits the same. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this sort of recently, too. I mean, there was stuff like Half Baked and Earth Girls Are Easy, like movies that I liked a lot when I was younger. And I mean, I think Earth Girls Are Easy obviously still holds up, but, you know, Half-Baked obviously for me was kind of like, oh yeah, I remember being a young person appreciating that and now it just seems dumb. But um, yeah, I listen, I think, so I'm kind of deviating from Amanda's 
uh, metrics, I guess. Because, number one, I sort of generally feel this sometimes with horror and cult movies, like exploitation Mm. movies. You know, because when I was growing up, when I was a teenager especially, I was really into just watching anything that was transgressive or fucked up or, you know, crazy, right? Yeah. And as I've gotten older, I feel like I... I I have that instinct less. And I think obviously part of that is just age and having seen a lot of stuff. But, you know, do I need to go back and watch? (laughs) We keep using cannibal Holocaust as a a, uh, catch-all term for something that's just fucked up. But, you know, that kind of stuff. Like watching those types of movies for me felt very shocking and crazy when I was a teenager, But then now I'm like, yikes, I wouldn't watch that again because it's just, I don't need it in the same way that I needed it back then, you know? So that would be kind of my answer to that. But I also think, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to kill the sacred cow perhaps, but The Goonies, I think for me, is one (laughs) because, and maybe that doesn't qualify, maybe this is a children's movie at the end of the day, but maybe I saw The Goonies so much as a child that when I watch it now or anytime I catch on TV, I'm like, that's for the kids. Like, yeah. I saw that as a kid. I loved it as a kid. Now I'm like, do I really want to watch a group of kids loudly talking over each other for like, always two do. hours? I will watch Goonies every time just for that scene of Chunk when he's trying to explain what's happening and how all this shit's going down, and then they turn that light on, and it's that fucking guy, the Fratelli brother, and he just starts crying and singing along with this dude. I love that shit, but I get it. I I think it's because I saw it when I was younger. I can appreciate the silliness because I saw it when I was younger. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing where I was like, oh, yeah, let let that be for the kids. I'm a little little aged out of the goodies and other things where kids are being shrill and... uh, Screams excitedly screaming. I'm such an asshole. I'm like, these kids are genuinely excited uh, to to like go on an adventure. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a therapy question, a therapy <laughs> discussion right there. I'm like, shut I up. Can't stand the shrill voice of happy children. <laughs> I don't believe that generally. I'm just saying in the Goonies specifically. Well, I also just just to uh, like to circle back to Amanda's question for my final input on this. I think that. Um, Weirdly, a lot of Ed Wood's movies are things that you have to see when you're younger. I don't. I think you can appreciate them when you're older, but if you haven't seen Glenn or Glenda, if you haven't seen Plan 9 from Outer Space, I don't know that it will hit the same now. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I listen, I love Ed Wood. He's a hero of mine. I've seen Plan 9 maybe one too many times in my life. I don't need to see it again. I know the general gist, you know? So it's kind of the way I feel, too, about like a lot of like I said, a lot of those, you know, early exploitation entry points for me, like the blood feast and, the you know, it's like, okay, it's a it was it was uh, transformative for me at one point, but I don't need to watch it again now as an adult. I've seen it enough, but um. All well, right, that was Amanda. A great question, Amanda. And Millie's going to go to therapy and talk about her Goonies <laughs> stuff. And we can't wait to hear the follow up. I like children. I'm just saying, <laughs> I like children generally. <laughs> 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, so now we're going to play one of our voicemails. Uh, We got this voicemail in our inbox. I saw what you did, pot at gmail.com. The title of it is 90s Erotic Thriller or Porno. And Casey, take it away. Hi, ladies. I just listened to your episode about Poison Ivy and Millie commenting that she thought it was a porno. And then you all went on to describe that there are sequels. I'm wondering if either of you have seen the sequel, one or I don't know how many there were, a couple of sequels to Cruel Intentions that were definitely pornos. Hashtag never forget. (laughs) All right. Love you guys. Bye. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. I definitely have not seen the Cruel Intentions sequels. I didn't even realize they made sequels. Oh. I did know that they made sequels. I've never seen them. But I kind of have a standing thought that any sequel to those kinds of movies, those like teen sexy movies, is going to be a porno. It's like, it's it's going to be bad. It's not going to be for me. I don't need to see it. Like, I just assume off the bat that they're pornos. Well, I'm reading it right now. It says, Cruel Intentions 2 was released direct-to-video in 2001. (laughs) And there was a Cruel Intentions 3 that followed in 2004. None of the cast from the original appear in the sequels, which is always a sign of quality, as you know. (laughs) Um, Listen, I'm I'm not afraid of a direct-to-video sequel prequel, what have you. But no, I've not seen them. I, 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 yeah, I think Danielle is right. I think that you can, nine times out of 10, count on any kind of direct-to-video sequel, prequel of a sexy or racy thriller being straight-up porn. (laughs) I think it's like, it's in the formula when they pitch the sequel. Like, all right, we're going to do a sequel. We want to keep going into this world and digging into the lives of these drugged up teens, how can we make it different from the original, which was great and very popular? So we just want to get the same crowd with the name. And I think they always pitch sex. Like, we'll just have them actually fuck this time. Or we'll just have them like, we'll just amp up the thing that people were excited about the first time. Yeah. There was, uh, I'm, I'm reading the Wikipedia entry for Cruel Intentions 2, and the cover of it, I'm going to try to show this to you on the camera, but it has that like, old school DVD logo in the, uh, which is like, I love when a movie poster has that old school DVD logo. It means it's going to be really classy and well-made. And it says, yeah, they were, they added sexual content, nudity. (sighs) Wow. Wow. So that's on my list, actually. Now I'm, I'm going to go to my letterbox and put at least put Cruel Intentions 2 and 3 on there. <laughs> I wonder where we could find them. I wonder if I just like went to a big lots and just rummaged through their <laughs> DVD collection if I could find them. They're probably streaming by now. Yeah, maybe they're on Tubi. 
So I'll have to look. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Stacy, for the audio clip of your voice. Is that what you, no, it's not, you don't call it an audio clip. It's a voicemail. Thanks for the voicemail. Why am I trying to like search for words? <laughs> Good. Audio this clip is new. of your voice. This is new. Okay. So let me read this next one. This one is from Rachel, she, her pronouns, and it's called Michelin Stars. Hello, esteemed dirtbags. I'm listening to the episode Anti-Establishment Tuna Guy, where Millie is talking about Michelin stars. I actually used to work for Michelin in rubber manufacturing for the tires. When you go through company orientation, you learn things like the Michelin star program was started as a way to get people to go out so they'd actually used their tires. Another fun fact from orientation is the Michelin man's name is Babendum. And he's white. Not because tires used to be white, but because they used to be wrapped in white tissue paper. Wow. And Edward Michelin, the guy who created the company, saw them stacked up and thought it looked like a man. Okay. I've been listening since day one and love the show. I'm one of the fans that enjoys your friendship as much as learning about new movies. Rachel. Wow. Thank you, Rachel, for the, the hot leak from uh, directly from the Michelin <laughs> orientation. I love so much about this. I think if you it is spooky season. If you want to freak yourself out, you should Google original Michelin man images right now. <laughs> But Bendham's pretty fucked up. The original Bendham is pretty... They've definitely tamed him over the years. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Fucking spooky shit. Okay. First of all, they definitely don't need to shoot these fuckers in black and white. It just makes it even more creepier. (laughs) That's all they had. That's all they had back then. (laughs) I would have... Yeah. I would have suggested maybe... A diff- this photo is <laughs> so creepy. It looks like a, you know, an alien from a 1930s sci-fi movie with <sighs> fucked up eyes. What is that? Uh, like, it looks like, yeah, it looks like it was made out of clay. It's very <laughs> creepy. It looks like the eyes are mouths. Like, it's really weird looking. And I think that as a result of knowing what that original Michelin man looked like, I feel like we can infer that Edouard Michelin was, Edouard Michelin um, was high as fuck. Like laudanum, cocaine, I don't know what they were doing back then, <laughs> but he was clearly partaking. He was snorting bibendum and was like, <laughs> guess what? I'm fucking tweaked. I see a tissue paper man in the corner. And I'm going to go to my dream journal and just start drawing. <laughs> How how can we get people to get on the road? Let's get this creepy avatar out there in these streets to creep them out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, let me just say, like, I got a lot of feedback from my uh, dumbass <laughs> reveal in that episode. And the information that I've received subsequently has been more and more fascinating. So it's my <laughs> fault. It's my fault that I thought this company was just some, like, podunk Michigan American venture. I didn't realize that there was layers to this shit. And I agree with you. Thank you, Rachel, for giving it. Dana called it a leak. Um, (laughs) I I love this. (laughs) Insider's info, this... uh, (laughs) I don't know if you're a whistleblower or something for telling us this information, but I love it. I love it. 
I definitely love it. Thank you so much, Rachel, for writing in. And yeah, babendum, dudes. <laughs> dudes. Babendum. <laughs> That's going to be like my last words. going to be on my deathbed. Babendum. <laughs> <laughs> well, our next email, our next email is from Sam. Woo! Sam is already a legend around these parts, has sent in it. The the original, the OG Halloween FMK that we did with the guys from Movies That Made Us Gay has since sent in a couple of great FMK bangers. And look, Sam is here back for us with another banger. The subject of the email is FMK Spooky Season 2023. This is now my favorite holiday. It's my favorite um, recurring FMK, my favorite tribute 100%. I hope we do this annually for the rest of our lives. Yeah. If I don't know where Sam lives, but if we ever go on tour and it's Halloween and we go to Sam's town, we have to invite Sam on stage to do FMK. Oh, I think we have to plan it so for exactly that. Yeah. Like, no matter where you live, we, we, will, we will come to you for Halloween and do this live. Amazing. Yeah, this All is right. a banger. Sam starts with, hey, y'all. Y'all know how much I love you, so we'll get to it. I came up with some more Halloween-themed FMKs for this year, so here we go. Uh, I hope it makes it before Halloween, and I hope it gives y'all a good laugh. Tis the spooky season, Sam, who uses he, him pronouns. Um, Oh, so many. Three great rounds. All right, so we're just going to jump right in. First round, Hot Goths. Elvira, Morticia Adams, Lily Munster. Okay. Am I going first? I I feel like we possibly answered a variation of this question before. So if we did, don't come at us. And to be honest, I don't even remember how I answered that. So yeah, me either. I feel like our brains were wiped by aliens, so we're just doing it fresh. Okay, so hot goths, Elvira, Morticia, and Lily. Okay. Right off the dome, I will fuck Morticia Adams. She seems... Spooky, like maybe knows how to party. I will marry Elvira. I think you know why. She seems like a definitely long-term partner for me. <laughs> um, you know how I have dreams of like moving to, you know, New Mexico and owning property. I think Elvira would be the perfect person to do that with. <laughs> and then I don't want to do this necessarily, but I feel like I have... It's just because it's the only one left. I guess I'm going to kill Lily Munster. She seems very sweet, and I hate to do it, but... That's all right. You know. I I get that. Uh, I'm going to kill Lily Munster because she's sweet. She's boring (laughs) as hell. (laughs) That family is fascinating, and she is the least fascinating part of it. So she got to (laughs) go. Bye! Uh, Goodbye! You're boring! But I'm going to fuck... I'm going to fuck Morticia. I mean, our answers are the same. I'm going to fuck yes. Morticia. She's pretty hot. I'm going to marry Elvira because the actress who plays Elvira, Cassandra Peterson, is exactly what you described in real life. Like, she lives in Portland, Oregon. She's all about environmental causes. She's incredibly kind. She's really funny. Um, and I just feel like that would be a, a, a marriage that would work. Absolutely, 100%. And uh, I think at this point, she is a national treasure, I would say. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you would just be with that person forever. So 
I like that we had the same answers for that. Me too. Um, and I don't know if they deviated from the last time we answered with Elvira and Morticia, but if it did, so be it. This is where we so are now. be it. Ooh, the second one! <laughs> meet, us, meet us where we live. All right, the second one. <laughs> FMK Spooky Season 2023. Creepy dudes. Actors that are too good at being scary. Tim Curry, Bill Skarsgård, and Anthony Hopkins. Oh, my God. Um, I'm sorry. I'm doing some research as as I'm about to answer. This is truly a brain breaker for me because two out of these three are legit terrifying to me. (laughs) So having to put either one of them in a different context that's not killing is is going to be difficult. Okay, so. Hear, hear me out on this. I am going to fuck Bill Skarsgård, period, point blank. I I had to look up how old he was because I was like, certainly he's not my age. No, he's like a full decade younger than me. And normally that is not my steez whatsoever. <laughs> I don't even look at guys who are like that much younger than me because I'm just like, why? You're a baby. But for some reason, Bill Skarsgård is so hot to me. Like, in a in a way that I don't really even think about. Like, I don't even like those dead-eyed fucking young men. You know that. <laughs> but I honestly think it was two things. It was Barbarian mm-hmm. and John Wick. And I was yeah. like, that sealed it for me. Like, you of got course, him, I'm you not got him like, out of the makeup. Yes. I'm like, any, I know that he comes from like a, classically hot family so i know that's true but i don't know i'm like he would be so fun to like have a good weekend with and and never like talk to again maybe i don't know i don't know what he's really like but i'm just saying in my in my brain in my broken brain i feel like it would be so fucking fun so that's that's the f for me oh god this is going to be, oh, God. I don't even know what to say. I guess I'm going to marry, mm, I guess I'm going to marry Sir Anthony Hopkins. Okay. And I don't know if it's because of, like, <laughs> I'm trying to think of, okay, so in uh, Silence of the Lambs, he is my worst nightmare, <laughs> which has since tainted all of the other roles that he's been in, even before that movie was made. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Maybe no more hearts of Atlantis for you. No more remains of the day. <laughs> I was gonna say. I think remains of the day is the only one where he's not completely creeping me the fuck out. I don't know, but I yeah, that's really hard because then I got to kill Tim Curry, which is interesting because I'm like both Tim Curry and Bill Skarsgård played Pennywise. I'm definitely not trying to fuck Pennywise, by the way, or marry Pennywise. No way. And it's not because I'm scared of clowns. I just don't like the vibe. Right. Yeah. So that's my answer. I'm going to have to kill Tim Curry. I feel bad about that because. Oh, yeah. You should feel awful. National treasure. Yeah, I know. But again, it's so hard. These games are so hard. This is the joy of the FMK. (laughs) Well, now I I know what you're going to say. Please. All right. I'm fucking Bill Skarsgård. Similar reasons, like out of makeup, he's slightly less terrifying, but kind of scary. Like, he's the kind of guy that, like, you'll fuck, but you don't want him to stay over because he might steal your wallet. 
Yeah, that's that's a dead-eyed motherfucker right there. Yeah, but he's cute, cute enough that like I'll sleep with one eye open if he stays. <laughs> but he's tall and he's got that fucking scars guard thing going on. Like I get it. He's <laughs> I'll fuck him. I'm gonna marry Tim Curry Ooh. just because he's given me so much in my life. Sure, not just not just movies, music. Yep. I don't know if you've heard any of his albums. No. Um, but he's he's given so much. And even though he's been a total creep, and, and look, he wouldn't like being married to me. <laughs> I would not be his choice, which means he would probably find a way to just be out a lot or hanging out with his friends. Like, it'd be an arrangement, I'm sure. But it would be a good arrangement. Like, I could put those horns from Legend on <laughs> when I'm bored. Like, he just has cool stuff hanging around the house, like the Rocky Horror corset. Yeah, like I'll just put it on when I'm answering emails. Sure. <laughs> in a fucking Zoom meeting with the anything can happen on Halloween cape. <laughs> and that means I'm going to kill Sir Anthony Hopkins for the simplest reason. I know I can. He's a small dude. As scary <laughs> as he is, he is an elderly, tiny dude. I could take him no, with one hand tied behind my fucking back. <laughs> what Guaranteed. The- was it the episode with Kurt Braunohler where we were just killing off the oldest person because we're like, well, it's going to happen anyway. I mean, truly the worst and most ageist reason. <laughs> but I can't fucking try to kill Tim Curry and Bill Skarsgård. Yeah. Even though Tim Curry has had a stroke in the last few years, and I'm sure he's diminished in some capacity, I can't because he's a fucking national treasure. He's too in my heart. Sure. For me to kill. But Anthony Hopkins, I will take that mofo out. Yeah. Well, and like with Bill, my thing is, you know what would be so great? If if he became like our new Willem Dafoe. (laughs) Like if he just continued the trajectory of only taking creepy weirdo roles. Yes. And then was like a really nice dude, you know, and then just was like, he does a couple erotic thrillers. He does some horror stuff, but then eventually settles into kind of like playing a, a grandpa in a Wes Anderson movie or something. Like, yeah, that would be great for Bill. Um, I love the that. other two. They've had really long careers, and yeah, you definitely have to decide who's your who's your most treasured. You know, it's like that doctor thing of like what will do the least harm, or you know, <laughs> triage. Who's the had triage. the most? <laughs> the triage. Like who's had the most years of life. <laughs> Now, this this final round, it's going to kill kill you because uh-huh. of one of the answers you just gave. <laughs> Our final round is, and it can always get weirder, fuck, Mary kill, Pennywise, the swamp thing, the alien from Alien. Okay. You just said <laughs> you can't fuck with Pennywise, so I'm dying to know. Okay. This is actually really hard. Um, to be honest, (laughs) because it all comes down to whether or not I want to fuck or marry Swamp Thing. (laughs) It feels very clear to me that Swamp Thing is attractive. (laughs) Here's what I'll say about this, because Swamp Thing has been rendered in hot ways via comic books and other drawings. Yes. It's. I'm like, look, I Google Swamp Thing and like look at the images. I'm like, God damn, he is built t- 
to fuck, dude. Like, look at Swamp Thing's pecs. Look at... <laughs> he's got full abs. Like, I'm looking at a drawing. Some maniac made a drawing of Swamp Thing that's got, like, a six-pack. He's the in maniac. the gym. So part of me is like, do I want that for, like, a night, or do I want that forever? That's a great question. Right? So my... Here's what I'll do. I will fuck the alien from Alien. Out-of-towner. He's an out-of-towner. I, I mean, that's it. it. He's not going to live here. Fucking run. Yeah. Sex I, I tourism. Say, I should say, yeah, I, 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 I'm looking at this strictly on like, okay, what is the character? Where does the character live? Has anybody drawn horny photos of them on the internet? And I feel like the alien is an out-of-towner He's like a fucking run. He's just kind of like your vacation fuck type of thing. So that's how I'll answer. I will marry a swamp thing. We could go to the gym together. <laughs> We'd be like doing protein shakes and, you know, like be on keto together. Like it just seems like we have similar um, interests in that way. Swamp thing definitely drinks muscle milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And maybe eats the muscle milk macaroni and cheese <laughs> that you. <laughs> Pointed it out once. Jesus. You know what Swamp Thing looks like? I'm looking at all these photos on the internet. He looks like a dude that works in a kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's he's like a side character on the bear. And then he just goes home and and does, you know, he wait he does CrossFit. He's a weightlifter. (laughs) I could get with that. And then, of course, I'm killing Pennywise because fucking Pennywise. Ugh. I don't like that vibe. A little, a lot of pomp and circumstance with Pennywise, you know, like the hair and the makeup and the outfits. High maintenance. It's a little much, you know. But yeah, Pennywise is high maintenance for sure. Yeah, he's he's like a you know high maintenance person. Probably has a, a lot of uh, a lot of demands. In the house, that would annoy the shit out of me. Like, I only yeah. sleep with silk satin pillows and, you know, you got to keep the uh, thermostat down to 65, run up the AC <laughs> bill. Like, they would just have all those isms. So The, the dental bills alone. He's got like eight rows of teeth. <laughs> and I also hate balloons. Did I tell you that? I hate balloons. <laughs> I'm you scared did not of balloons, tell me that. actually. Because they pop and they scare the fuck out of me. So, oh no, those are great answers. Those are <laughs> I, I, I've deviated a bit. I like that you showed your work, but I, I deviated a little bit. Okay, uh, I'm gonna fuck Swamp Thing mm. because you could break off his arm and it grows back. Like you could really try some shit with Swamp Thing. <laughs> could try. <laughs> you could try some shit. Like you could crack off his dick and it would grow back. I'm sure. <laughs> just holding two dicks in your hands swinging them around while another dick is growing back like it could be fun (laughs) if you get mad at him or he like does something you can just like fucking puncture a fucking vein or something i i get i just i feel like he's physically built in a way that i can handle yeah because i'm a big bitch but i like and again, I do not know what this says about me, but the idea of being able to break limbs off entirely during yeah. the act, I would have a lot of fun with that. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't want to feel like you're going to break a dude in two. 
No, yeah. but you can't. That's you, you can't break Swamp Thing. <laughs> that is what's tra- you can't break him. <laughs> that shit would just grow back. He he could be like boxing Helena at the beginning of the session and be fully reconstituted by the end. <laughs> That's fucking fun as hell. So I am true. going to marry the alien from Alien because mm. <laughs> of protrusions. That motherfucker's got a mouth within a mouth. I feel like we're going to have some fun. But also, they're always in space terrorizing i should have known i should have known (laughs) either they have to live in space or i have to return to earth like we'll work that out in the prenup (laughs) but we ain't spending a ton of time together you love an out-of-town partner you just want that life partner to be gone all the time truly working through it in therapy truly (laughs) because my therapist is like do you understand there's a problem with your (laughs) <laughs> your your approach to intimacy when you're attracted <laughs> to people who are never around. And I'm like, yeah, but isn't that also great? It's great because I need a lot of time by myself. I don't feel like anyone would respect me enough to give me that time. So I just have to plan. I have to build it into the process by not having them be around me. And now you can go to her the next session and be like, I would love to be married to an alien. Oh, Who absolutely. just never came to the planet. When they showed that fucking shriveled up E.T. dried out alien in that uh, Mexican news uh, (laughs) announcement, I was like, how long have these motherfuckers been here? I would love to fuck an alien who's like, I got to (laughs) hide. Like, I'm fucking aliens. Like, look, I I can fuck you, but I got to hide or I got to go. And I'm like, great. (laughs) Fucking dope. Do you wear condoms? Can you wear condoms? Does it matter? Let's figure this shit out, and then you could go underground in a cave or live in a tree. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be in therapy forever. For fucking ever. <laughs> but that means I'm killing Pennywise, mostly because he is annoying. Yeah. I don't like the way he talks, he, especially in the new ones where he's like, he talks like this, and he's really high pushing really fast. And he's got this fucking beam of light that shoots out of his mouth and holds people hostage. Like, if he got mad at me, I would just be suspended in a beam of light for, yeah. I don't know how many days or years. And then, the, again, those teeth. And he fucking kills little kids. Yeah. Not, I'm not, not great. <laughs> not great. Not great. Like, he specifically targets children and lives off of their fear. <laughs> That's a creep move. Like, I can't. I can't get in the mood. Like, there's no amount of foreplay that's going to get me in the mood to fuck him uh, or marry him. Here, also, here. His, his outfit sucks. Yeah, too many ruffles, too many big buttons. That fucking ruffle collar. Like, I can't. So I'm. He, yeah. yeah, he'd be. You live in a fucking one bathroom joint. He'd be hogging that shit. He'd be like, "I'm trying to put my makeup perfectly. Leave me alone." <laughs> No. I fucked up the line. And then again, he's got a floss. He's got a water pick all those floss. fucking... This fucking sharp-ass eight rows of teeth. He's got a fucking water pick all night. <laughs> what? And there'll be like gobs of fucking flesh falling out of that shit and clogging <laughs> up the drain. I'm thinking home improvement alone would be a nightmare. Him flossing bits of fucking children out of his teeth. And he'd be like clogging up the toilet or clogging up my fucking sink drain. What a mess. Well, uh, you stated uh, you stated your case perfectly, Danielle, as always. Thank you. And 
Sam, you knocked it out of the park once again. We love getting FMKs from you. Thank you so much. Uh, the thoughtfulness alone, just always appreciated. And you just make us laugh and we love it. All right, so we have one more. We actually have another voicemail. So, Casey, hit it. Hi, Danielle and Millie. This is producer Casey. I produce the podcast I Saw What You Did. Long time, first time. Since we're in the midst of Halloween season, I wanted to ask you a question. Which non horror director would you most like to see direct a horror film thank you bye i love oh my god sent us a question we have a rigor i love it i love it so much um that this is such an incredible question thank you casey for uh sending us a voicemail and actually i gotta say that's a perfect length perfect Tone, perfect everything. So if you want an example of a perfect voicemail, folks, there you have it. Our yeah, producer both of them this episode were great, episode, great examples. Um, okay, so do you have anything yeah. right off the dome for this? Because I do, but go ahead. Yes, I think, and this truly just came right off the dome, I think I'd like to see Claire Denis do a traditional horror film. I know that... Um, like Trouble Every Day. And like, she's had some films that have a lot of horror body stuff in it, but I'd like to see her do a traditional like horror film. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. So (laughs) I have a couple, actually I have (laughs) very opinionated about this actually. So I have a couple, first of all, I mean, this would all, these would all be potentially failed experiments. We'll see. Number one, I would love to see a Powell and Pressburger horror movie. Now, if you don't know who they are, Michael Powell, Emmerich Pressburger, they were they've done the most beautiful movies ever of the 40s, mostly 40s. I mean, they did A Matter of Life and Death. And I know where I'm going, and the red shoes, which is the thing. The red shoes and Black Narcissus are two of their films that are probably their their most known, right? Sort of have horror elements already in them, right? So I'm like, oh, if they had done like a straight up horror film, it would be so beautiful and so fucked up that it would be so amazing. So I I kind of wish that. They're both dead, but I'm just saying they if they, if they were reanimated or maybe if we had gone back and and changed things in history, they would have done a straight up horror and it would have been awesome. So that's my first choice. The second choice <laughs> would maybe be Robert Altman. Can you imagine Ooh. a Robert Altman horror movie? I mean, like I said, three women sort of being, you know, kind of an atmospheric thrillerish type. But if he had done a straight up horror movie there'd be like 40 people in it they'd all just be talking while people were getting killed oh no <laughs> it would be people killing themselves because they had to get out of the conversation <laughs> like, it would oh, be like God. somebody getting murdered and then like two people being like hey what's that was somebody's getting murdered back there yeah i don't know what's going on and then you hear like other bits of conversations like all in public being like yeah i don't know that thing uh, 
that would be a Robert Altman horror movie. And it would be like three and a half hours long. Absolutely. Um, that would be really fun to watch. And then, you know, I think this is so obvious that maybe it's not worth saying at the end of the day, but I'll say it. I think Wes Anderson should make a fucking horror movie. Yeah? Yeah. Definitely, definitely, definitely. So when I was, I, I went on a trip recently. I went to Texas and I I watched Asteroid City on the plane home, which is Wes Anderson's newish film. And I had hated his pre- previous film, The French Dispatch, so much that I was like, begrudgingly pressing play on Asteroid City, but I actually liked it. I actually liked Asteroid City more than I thought I would. But then I, it just really drove home this point where I'm just like, okay, in these films that he does, he's already exploring trauma and, you know, grief and these, like, dark subjects. And I get that his, his steez is that he's making these light, colorful, very formalistic films about dark subjects. But if he just did a fucking horror movie about it, it would be kind of amazing. Like, I'm just like, oh, why don't you just fully go there? Like, instead of, like, packaging the dark subjects in a very light and childlike package, just doing a straight-up horror movie. And I think it could actually be like one of those Powell and Pressburger films. It would be like this very vivacious, beautiful, color-rich film, but then have some fucked up shit going on and it would be really great. I don't know. I think it's solid. Talking this out. I like it. Yeah. And like I said, I think that's an obvious choice. I know that there are memes on the internet that like will take his trailers and make them horror and stuff like that, but um, he should just do a straight-up horror movie. That would be fun. I think he should just do it. I agree. And I think that it's... um, my my last one is Steve McQueen for the almost the exact same reason. Like he already touches upon these dark subjects and goes and goes really dark with them. Yeah. But I think he just needs to add more gore. Like if he yeah. just added some more gore to his existing oeuvre, it would be horror films. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we both want a Billy Wilder horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> Naturally. We want Jack Lemon fucking having a hook hand and slicing people from crotch to brain. (laughs) Just literally play this episode for your therapist. (laughs) It'll save you some time and some money. (laughs) It explains so much. (laughs) Thank you, Casey, for that wonderful fucking question. Yes, I loved it so much. This episode, so fun. Put me in the mood for Halloween. Yeah. Get out there. Do you get trick-or-treaters, by the way? I don't. No. God, no. (laughs) I live way too far out of town. The squirrels are your trick-or-treaters, is essentially what you're saying. The the squirrels trying to get in. They're trying to give me Halloween treats. They're like, here's some acorns and some crab apples. And I'm like, get out of my fucking house. (laughs) I don't want your treats. Fuck these treats. These suck. Okay. Well, listen. Thanks to everybody who wrote in and sent a voicemail. Um, thanks to everybody who listens. We really, really appreciate the support. If you want to email us, we are at I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. 
And you can send us a voicemail to play on the show, as you have heard. Uh, all you have to do is record a voice memo on your phone and email it to I saw what you did pod at gmail.com. 60 seconds or less, record in a quiet space, and we are golden. Yes. Also, we're on social media, of course. I saw pod at Instagram, X, Blue Sky, I think. So we're we out there. Find us. Excellent. Uh, we've also got merch, as we've discussed. Uh, you can go to the I Saw What You Did section of the Exactly Right shop. And if you don't want to do that, you don't have to tell us. <laughs> Keep it to yourself, please. Thank you so much. And then, of course, you're listening to a bonus episode. We always have bonus episodes. Always, always, always. They never stop. If you just need to know, the new ones drop on the main feed every third Thursday of the month. Bonus episodes happening 24 hours a day, seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> but really, they're on the main feed every couple weeks on a Wednesday. So check them out. Thank you, as always, for hanging out with us. Millie, this is a blast. Danielle, as always, a fucking pleasure doing this podcast with you. Goodbye. Bye. This has been an Exactly Right production, produced by Casey O'Brien. Episode mixing and theme music by Tom Bryfogel. Artwork by Garrett Ross. Our executive producers are Georgia Hardstart, Karen Kilgariff, and Daniel Kramer. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at IsawPod. And you can email us at IsawWhatYouDidPod at Gmail. Follow I Saw What You Did on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. And if you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase I Saw What You Did merch.